What up, everyone? We have another episode of the Soul Savvy Podcast. We have another guest. It's not me just blabbering for 30 minutes about random things in the sneaker industry, which I can do time to time. But um, Alex, how are you doing? I'm really excited to have you here. Um, I'll give you an opportunity to uh, introduce yourself a little bit and tell us what you're what you're doing and who you are and what you're working on. Yeah, I'm a little nervous, but we're good. We're good. Like I told you earlier, it's a sunny day in San Francisco. Stoked to meet the Soul Savvy folks and chat. Well, I'm Alex. I'm a co-founder of BotNot. So it's prioritizing our good consumers or the human consumers. We can dive more into that. Mm-hmm. But brief background on me, I'm ex-Nike, ex-Apple technical product management. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I met... I met you guys in your early days. Um, you, you and your brother, obviously. Um, shout out to Jordan. Um, but it, I forget how I came across Botnot. Um, your guys' website for anyone listening, botnot.io. Um, basically, I think the catchphrase was, and I don't know if it's changed very much from when you guys had your first little splash page up. I feel like a year ago, maybe. Um, but it's identifying and prioritizing your customers and and the simple premise of like, how do we distinguish between a user who's a bot and a user who's an actual person, human being trying to purchase a product and and help prioritize those people to the front of the line, essentially. And you guys are are working on some interesting things, which we will talk about about not, but I want to talk a little bit about just bots and, and the problems they present in consumer goods, not just sneakers themselves, not just for Nike. I know, you know, you were at Nike, I spent time at Apple, but like, what do you think is the biggest problem with bots right now in any consumer good? Supply chain. Bots completely mess up any brand supply chain. So when you see something sold out or why am I getting cancellations? Well, it's a bot, not necessarily always a bot, but a bot or reseller behind it. So it impacts what's being sold out, what can be canceled and returned. And then for the consumer, it messes up the consumer experience. I think when a lot of people hear the word supply chain, they think about everything they've been, we've been dealing with late shipments, deliveries, product not being on time um all that stuff that we went through the holiday season but what you're what you're alluding to is brands think stuff has sold out that probably wouldn't have sold out because bots have purchased it or based off the sell-through time the demand might be higher they ultimately don't know who their real customer is and that is a big problem for future projections of like inventory releases what they're doing because it's all skewed right all of a sudden all of a sudden the the barometer of a sellout is how many bots went for it, not how many actual people wanted. So we could see an underwhelming result for really good quality product that people do want. And I am thinking of sneakers, um, but the data is telling them otherwise because they saw a hundred to 300,000 hits or, or uh, order attempts, wherever it might be. I mean, I think an interesting use case, and it's not a sneakers use case, and we can go back to one, is like a toaster oven, right? If I see a toaster oven on sale for $20, I know I could buy out the entire inventory, sell it on Amazon for $80. Someone will buy it off of Amazon, and then I ship it to an FPO, and then from that FPO, whatever doesn't resell in that 30 to 60 day return policy, I send it back to Target or whatever brand I bought it from. So what does that mean for like a Target or a brand like that? Well, they had to pay the shipping logistics fees, the reverse logistics fees. I called my toaster oven vendor and was like, hey, I need way more toaster ovens because it's such a high heat product, which is kind of funny because it happens a lot. And now I have all this leftover inventory and I'm like, what the heck do I do with this? 
Yeah. Now then I have to remarket it and then it becomes a cyclical style cycle where it's like, okay, promotion code <laughs> buying out and then it goes in a cycle and no one's going to like look at the loss and profit of a toaster oven, right? right. But, I mean, I would. Yeah, but and, that's like one of a kind. Consumer good, right? I saw on the on the botnot Twitter, you guys were kind of using this Dyson hair uh, air wrap as an example. Um, but like again, it's not just sneakers. It's it's PS5s, no. it's, it's GPUs, it's it's CPUs. It's like like everything is feeling this certain crunch right now, partially because there's an opportunity made to buy and sell something for a profit because bots are taking that means to do that. Um, but again, th- th- so that's the, that's the brand focus side of like, man, they don't know, they don't know who their actual customer is. So the data they're basing off how to make decisions for, again, from Nike's perspective, potentially exclusive access or how they're prioritizing data to decide who gets to buy something on sneakers might be based off some complete and utter BS. Um, and that's not worthwhile to use for, but then from a consumer perspective, you have this feeling of like, do they even care? Do they, are they even trying? And I think that's probably the thing that bugs people the most, especially in sneakers is like, they feel hopeless and like the brands don't care. Um, and I don't blame anyone for feeling that way. Cause you only know what you're told or what you see. And the brands keep it very, very quiet and tight. Like, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how much you can say, but like I, Nike, Nike has a, a bot mitigation team, but like, they don't, they don't, talk about that okay so i will i will talk about nike bot mitigation team because i helped build nike bot mitigation strategy um i'm not blind to it so i will tell you this way yes nike's working on a problem Mm -hmm. when the problem will be solved how it will come out i do not know how to answer but was i part of the original setting team of saying yes this is an issue and yes should that go should this be solved for check they're doing something about it they feel it i mean you can read the complex article right. where it says that the fairness score is 20 percent. Yeah. yeah and what nike means by fairness is what percentage of humans are getting the product so 20 percent fair means 20 percent of the human cons- deemed human consumers are winning so yeah. is nike going to do stuff to move that needle yes can I tell you what they're going to do or what it at this point it's going to be two years what they're going to do then no I cannot tell you um yeah. I do know like it's a point of frustration like it's a social sentiment I looked up squashmallows today and people are complaining about botting on squashmallow drops there's like big fluffy penguin looking things and it's like I'm if there's a way to arbitrage yeah, I was trying to, we have a new Emily who joined and he's part of the Axel Little communities and I wanted to get him an Axel Little Squishmallow, but I'm not spending $75 on something that's $20, but that's a tangent. But yes, Nike's doing something about it. Like I was part of Nike when we worked double 11, which is the biggest e-commerce day. Did we see a lot of bots? Yes, everyone sees a lot of bots, but how do they want to handle it? That depends if they care about their consumers or if they care about getting a hundred percent sell through. Right. And, and, and yeah, for sure. And that's, I think that's the challenge, like maybe earlier in the bot problem phase, or even maybe still dealing now, I can definitely see situations where business decisions are made where it's like, we sold a hundred percent of our inventory and 0% of it's being returned or 1% of it's being returned. What are you all complaining about? Everything's fine. Obviously like that's a really black and white scenario of like completely disregarding everything else that, that, you know, matters, but I can see people saying shit like that out loud. And, you know, I hear it. If I had heard that, I would have been like, you are completely wrong. But again, people who are out of touch with 
kind of the culture and the consumer might might see that. Again, this isn't sneaker specific. It could be anything. It could be any. Well, product. you think about like let's say like a Fashion Nova or a Zara. They see something on a celebrity, they're going to remake it in one to two months at the point yeah. or like if i'm fashion nova i'm gonna make it in one week when you think about like a company like any like big colossal brand like nike adidas etc it takes time to forecast this human mm. and human friends so if i'm doing this based off of bot data who's trying to act like a human i'm gonna miss my mark once again with our consumers not saying that this is all the time the case but i think like you even tweeted like our sneakers out 2022 like they're missing some of the mark yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So I guess it kind of in your experience and your background, um, the stuff you've seen um, worked on and what you're building now with Botnot, um, how would you approach and how are you guys approaching this problem of, of dealing with bots and helping consumers and helping brands and retailers as well? Yeah, I think that we should have, this is a dumb joke, but we should have named our company Human Yes instead of Botnot. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Botnot's way that. better. Botnot's a way better name. Yeah, so the idea behind Botnot is, I won't spill our secret sauce, no, but definitely. the idea is to allow humans to get that fairness or to get through, right? And if you still have anything cyclical, sell it to the bots, sell it to the resellers. We always want to get 100% seller. That's your job as a, like, as a company yeah. or a brand. But for the consumer benefit is now let Botnot handle your data. Let us partition some of your stuff so that we make sure when we're talking to DP, we're talking to DP, not reseller that sold a shoe to DP. Yep. Let's make sure that we're targeting the right people and optimizing the cost. So DP doesn't have to get annoyed and enter at a hundred different consumers sites to win one shoe. Let's make sure that he enters once and gets the shoe that we want because we want to increase his lifetime value. Right. The biggest call to a brand is how do we increase DP's lifetime value or any soul savvy members lifetime value without them having to get frustrated. You're not going to win every drop, right? But yep. if we can There's even discern it. Yeah. If we can even Disturn and move the lever from 20% to 60%. That's a huge win. And it's a cat and mouse game. Resellers, like you're going to use Dash or Project Destroyer, you're going to always like figure out a new loophole or something that we didn't optimize for. So we need to stay on top of our the actual bots as well. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah. It's most constant. fun. Yeah, it's it's constant innovation and constant. It is a cat and mouse game. It's it's a back and forth. Um, and I guess part of this is like in a fancy way, it's just, it's, it's data, data science or, or machine learning. Like how do you, how does any brand know me as DP? I love these things and I buy these things and I'm going to make 50 attempts this year to purchase this type of product. How do you get me enough that I'm a happy customer, right? Balance my wins and my losses. Um, and then also spread that out with everyone else. That's a, that's a, that's a tough challenge. Um, because you know, we, we you know we talked about uh, Nike's fairness score and sneakers being like twenty percent. That's how people feel about the app. Would people would, would people be happy at sixty percent? Like, what what is the balance? That's what I that's what I don't know. Like, would I be happy if every one in five drops I got a W? I think I'd be pretty happy as a. As a I mean, are you are you still entering drops and you're winning like one in a hundred times? By the way, oh, I don't I don't use sneakers personally myself. Um, for two reasons. One, I'm in Canada and I think whatever yeah. algorithm, yeah, it's probably your fault. I'm mad at you. It's all your fault. Ever since I didn't work on sneakers personally. I won't add the guy who makes the sneakers yeah. well, decisions on LinkedIn. Sneakers in 2018, 2019 were my best friend because 
I had a long-standing Nike account. Um, again, I think I again I spend most of my money on sneakers, so like that's where this consumer experience comes for me. But like I have a sneakers account from 2011. Um, I was I had a good ratio of success. Like I was I was very happy. It was balanced for two years, and then in like late 2019, something changed in the algorithm, or the math, or the science, whatever it was, and it hated me. Constant L's and being in Canada didn't help. And honestly, I just didn't want to. And this is, I think, part of the challenge for Nike is um, obviously love the brand and I love the product. Um, I hate that app. Just like point blank. I, I don't like it. I don't like opening it. I don't care what's inside of it because it gives me no reason to participate. I don't feel like there's a reason for me to participate in this app. I would rather get my Nike product from other Nike retailers because and we can talk about this, but like what Shopify is doing from a bot perspective is great. Uh, I, 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 I agree to disagree with Shopify perspective. I think Shopify is handling it in a way where they're attacking it from the network layer, where if I'm in a college dorm and I'm trying to buy it with my five college housemates, I'm not in college anymore, but I can pretend I am. It's going to block all of us on the network. And I've seen it time in and time out. That's why I don't like it. Shopify is going to block you. And plus they're not doing anything with your data. So like, this isn't me trying to be competitive with my startup versus Shopify, but what insights is Shopify going to pull other than I'm going to give you bot protection at launch and drops only. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, I'm, I'm, if you're listening, it wasn't a hot coming my in hands, hot. My hands are up in the air. If you're listening right now, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying out of everyone doing things right now in the space, in sneakers specifically, and maybe even bot protection in general, Shopify does provide much more protection than we see at, at Foot Locker, um, at, at just different sites that are using old demandware stuff. You know, we look at the the Shopify kind of like big sneaker drops, whether it's union concepts, um, there's, a, there's a formula there that works. Again, there's nothing perfect, but at the end of the day, um, what the challenge uh, you're all going to experience is like, there's no, nothing perfect and you're going to get people caught in, in the spectrum. Um, a great example of that is I don't know what bot, but one bot has a safe mode or a human mode where it's like, it just does everything like a person, but like faster, which is just kind of crazy to me to spend thousands of dollars for a bot to then have it act like a human. Um, but that's my, that might be where, where we're going to get. And again, it's a constant uh, cat and mouse. I mean you have to understand like the internet was not built for you and I it's built for bots, different type of bots and an e-commerce bot, but Google, any website is built for SEO and scraping bots. And right. so when you think about like AI or like I'll give an example of Ganesh bot because I've been rever we've been playing around with it mm -hmm. or like dash, even if they have a human or walk mode, I won't give you the like secret to detect it's they give some very high signals that you know that it's not a human right off the bat and so like someone like me who i used to be a coder but now i will not touch code so i'm pretty illiterate i can look in the data and tell you almost instantaneously it's the bot and i mean it's kind of crazy that you think like okay maybe we're the first people really digging deep into e-commerce bots but it's like don't understand why so many are getting through yeah, no, it's, I mean, look, there's a, a, a lot of work to be done and it has to be done because I think the most important thing is um, we're going to alienate consumers. There's literally e-commerce will just go away. <laughs> like people are going to just be like, fuck this. and going to stop buying shit online because they don't want to deal with the headache, which will then force 
stores to go back more into retail, which is not uh, not going to be the best business model. We've learned like, you know, you can be a thriving business in a digital world if you know what you're doing and taking care of your customers. There's tons of innovation to be done. Um, I, I, yeah, there, I think there's another company out of Australia popping up like EQL. Maybe. Yeah, that does the raffles. They did the yeah. raffles for Crocs. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they call themselves hype, hype commerce run fair. Um, all this stuff is good, and this is why I, I appreciate what what you guys are doing at Botnot. Um, and I think that the difference. So you guys are you guys integrate into Shopify stores. Um, yep. I think the biggest challenge with Shopify Plus and their bot mitigation program is you have to be on the top tier Shopify plan, which, like I just said, is Plus, and Plus is expensive. It's twenty four thousand dollars a year. I think. Um, not everyone can afford that. If you're an e-commerce store that does low volume, you might get 20 pairs of sneakers or a couple PS5s or whatever it might be. That's a lot of, of budget to spend and you can't afford, you have literally no opportunity to protect yourself versus bots. Um, and you guys can't integrate with those stores. You're not focusing on big, big retailers. You're focusing on the mom and pops that might be dealing with, you know, I don't know. I, 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 this is crazy. Actually, I'm remembering this now. We had a, a member join Soul Savvy because she wanted to buy dresses for her niece, no, her granddaughter. And she needed a monitor for a Shopify website so she could buy it. And we let her join and we set her up with a little Shopify monitor for this dress website. Like, again, this isn't just a sneakers problem. This is a commerce problem. And you guys are hoping to help solve this for, again, stores of all sizes. Yep. I mean, we're not just, what's nice about us, we're starting in Shopify, but we built agnostically. Um, as you know, most if we go into Salesforce, there's no bot mitigation really for Salesforce. So it's like, let's get Shopify, let's get that, and let's start scaling to the bigger platform and commerce platforms. Um, I think what's nice about Shopify is you get a variety. You have people like Skims hosted on Shopify, and then you have your mom and pa selling sneakers, yep. potentially. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but everything in between, like I was just looking at, we'll go on the Skims example. Like Skims had a swimsuit drop. I didn't know it would sell out within two, two minutes of being live. And most of them are on eBay the next day after. And so it's like you said, anything that can be bought, it will be bought. And it's how do you get those loyal consumers, the product in their hands so they don't have to pay a hundred X the price. Right. Cause at, at, at some point, at some point, they're going to stop buying it from people who are upselling. Honestly. I'm just going to go on Etsy. I'm going to find someone to make they're me something comfortable. Like they're going to stop. And then that creates a weird, it just starts this backward contraction. I think that'll happen in every space. And that's why I've always voiced um, concerns, especially in sneakers that like everyone talks about how the sneaker resale business is 6 billion and it'll be 30 billion in the next 10 years, wherever the hell. I, there's just no reality where that happens because that's just assuming people are okay getting ripped off for the rest of their lives and even more um, ripped off. And that's just like the norm. I just don't see that happening because who wants to pay a 2X premium for stuff that they want, regardless of what it is? That's just that's just stupid. No one wants to do that over and over and over and over again. Just, yeah, it's going to... It's frustrating. And like you said about the sneakers experience, you don't even open sneakers anymore. It's because it left such a bad taste in your mouth. So why continue it on almost every brand? It's just like, yeah, there's just... Again, there's no shot at Nike. It's just like, they know they're working to fix it. And when they do, I, I will. But like, I deleted my sneakers account from 2011 because it was useless to me. I'm like, well, maybe I'm banned. I don't know. And I think this is why Web3, NFTs, blockchain has intrigued me from a transparency layer. And um, a community building layer of like, I think a lot of 
commerce would benefit, especially within sneakers, understanding like, you know, if I opened the sneakers app, my if it told me, hey, my chances of winning are 2%, I'm immediately already like, okay, I, I understand I'm probably not going to win. It's it's all right, right? And I've seen this with NBA Top Shot, right? Where like, I know what my odds are of getting X thing or winning X thing or whatever it might be. I think we, uh, you know, in hype culture, um, transparency would be good, but that's like, brands having to rewire themselves to do something that they've, that they've never done before. But that's why, that's again, that's why Web3 intrigues me because it's all visible. It's all public. I think it's visible, but it's like also as a consumer on Web3 and when I join Web3 raffles, now I'm paying a gas fee to lose against a bot. They're still there, right? Now they're a little bit easier to detect and link back. Sure. I think it's sure. going to be an interesting resale market on Web3 as well. Oh my God. There's, there's, yeah, it's bananas. That's a whole other conversation, <laughs> but, but again, like with innovation and, and new technology and um, we'll figure it's early. We'll, we'll figure out what that, what that stuff Man, is. We all know that Nike had a patent for the blockchain on shoes yeah. in 2018. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah people, here. people, you know, I forget about that. And people laugh about them acquiring artifact, but like they had an idea, they had the patent, they were thinking about someone internally was thinking about it. Um, and when I see what they're like planning and how they're thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be incredibly interesting. And it's a, not a matter of like, if people will buy into it and believe and, and turn around, it's just a matter of like, when, how long will it take? Because I think they'll build some cool things. And I don't, I, I don't believe you put a bunch of money. I don't know how much they spent on artifact. Shout out to the founders, um, who created something awesome, but you know, you don't you don't do what you did if you're Nike if you didn't have some serious plans in place. Um, and it'll be exciting to see what's good. For sure. No For comment. Sure. No comment from the ex Nike. No, I'm not going to give a comment. To that one. <laughs> I feel you. It's okay. It's all good. That's all good. Um, yeah, and I think I think really it, it comes overall. Um, there's there's a different set of problems. Some that that cross paths from brand and consumer when dealing with bots and bot mitigation, right? From a brand side, it can be risk of fraud, um, the return rate going up because something doesn't resell anymore and the actual time that they invest dealing with this from a customer service perspective. And then obviously pissing off their customers who want to wear the product or use the product or whatever it might be, they, they can't get it. And then from the consumer side, um, you just, you feel hopeless. Your brand loyalty is, is, is going away. Um, you want to buy less. You're just spending money somewhere else. It's, you know, think about it from a, from a Nike perspective. I mean, that's why we build Botnod. It's sure. like, obviously we're helping the brand, which is our consumer, but our end goal is to help our consumers consumer. Like we don't want to see customer attrition. We don't want to, we want to help the brand optimize cost as well. But at the end of the day, like a happy customer and our view as a happy customer's customer is what we want for success. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, and I, I think, you know, back to kind of what I said earlier was like anyone who's sitting in a meeting going, Hey, we just want the shit to sell out hundred percent. We don't care. You're forgetting about LTV lifetime value. I, that's the most important thing. Um, because when I think about the brand that I'm most loyal to outside of sneakers, it's Ame Leondor. And like, I have, order history from them since 2015 i think or early 2016 like i remember so going bougie. so bougie i remember but that was like they were just a little it was just a store in the material girl he's a material it was, girl it was just a whole it was a hole in the wall store it was a cool little store that sold hoodies and pants and um i've gr- i've grown with them and as i've grown with them uh 
you know, I've, I know for a fact, every sneaker they've released, I've gotten from them in every raffle for retail ever. I've never not gotten a sneaker from them. Yeah, because you're probably in the top 1% of 100%. the brand. And yep. 100%. And I believe I justifiably deserve that as a consumer and supporter of the brand. Now, um, how do you balance that with someone who just discovered it and wants to participate in it? Like there's so much data involved and like, you know, for your 1%, save 10% of the inventory for your two to 20, save, like there's a lot to figure out. You're thinking smartly, right? So how you're thinking about it is from a data perspective, majority of companies will say, Alex spent $500, put her in the silver tier, put the next person who spent a thousand in gold. And then I think Aritzia did this and everyone found out what tier they're in. And the importance of that is unless you do that with proper data and proper segmentations, your highest LTV people are going to be your resellers and botters. That's always going to be. Right. And then you could take that into a layer of like, check my order history on any website I shop on. I buy the same two sizes. I buy an 11 or 10 and a half. Always, always the same thing, right? Like there's an evolution that has to happen within commerce to understand. Let's let's take take a PS5, for example. I bought a PS5. Let's just say I bought it in the holiday in December. Why do I need to buy another one? If I have one already from you. Why should I like Lily? It does it make. I'm not saying this is the right answer, but I'm saying that's the type of questions we need to ask. Is if X customer has bought Y, do they need to buy another one within six months? If it doesn't make logistical sense, do I need to buy more? Like you know, there's so much that go into there, but that like that's a fight that like I don't think a lot of people are going to take on themselves, and will require companies like yourself to innovate and give that in a nice neat package and be like, just listen to us, please. Yep, exactly. Or if like they know my name, they know that I have a similar last name to someone. Maybe there's some difference between Alex to Al. Why are these two names similar? And why is no one investigating that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen I've I've seen some crazy weird stuff. The name fuzzing is really, really simple. And the fact that people don't even sniff it out anymore is kind of hysterical. Yeah. I mean, look, every uh, I've said this before, every store, every brand um different verticals everyone operates differently and thinks differently some people give a shit some people don't that's very true it's rarely and the people in the middle are like well someone's gonna have to like make this easier for me because like i'm too busy right um and it's i think the most dangerous person in that room is the well that's not fair potentially the most dangerous person is the data person thinking of it from the perspective again like i said it's just sold out i don't care um we did our job yay um, that's, that's obviously not what we want. We need to use data in, in a, in a way that's much more, much smarter and much more strategic. Um, well, that's our goal. And hopefully we can bring that to many more brands and retailers because they I, need to care. Yeah. I believe in you guys. I believe in you guys. That's why, this is why, uh, we, you know, I've been helping you guys along, you know, here and there over the last year, why we have you on the podcast, kind of start telling your, your story a little bit more, get you out there, um, get stores to start using, um your your platform for gathering data um i know we're we're kind of we're working with you guys um then the goal is to create a end of the day the goal is to create a good customer experience and build brand loyalty um lower or you know increase retention and ltv value um lifetime value so you know you can't do that without thinking customer first and um yeah there's a lot to build there and i'm excited to see what you guys create yeah, I'm super stoked. It's gonna be a fun few year journey for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, you guys got a little, you had some building to do. Um, any last 
thoughts, words um, that you want to you share with us? Just let us know whatever store you think is the worst or high, most highly bought it. And we would love to just communicate and get to know the soul savvy community as well. And yeah, we're if, not shy. We're very active on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So always feel free to comment. Yep. 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 If you are a store or someone at a brand um, working somewhere and you need you need to talk to someone. You can come find me. I'll introduce you to the Botnot folks or, or find them on Twitter, botnot.io. Um, what's the website is botnot.io as it's well. botnot.io. And we're releasing a game soon called Beat the Bot. So yes. you can see how well you do against uh, yes. bots. And let me tell you, no, so far, no one has won. Oh, no, that's BS. I beat bots all the time. Come on. I don't know. It's going to be a hard one. We'll see how you do. Don't worry, I'll be at the top of the leaderboard. I'm not worried. Okay, bet. Um, You'll get a hoodie. If you, made it, if you beat the ball, you get a hoodie. That's the fun part. All right, all right, I'm done. All right, Alex, I, I appreciate you joining us on the podcast, sharing some wisdom and chatting around really the impact that um, botting can have on the consumer space across data, fraud, um, brand loyalty, LTV, and all that fun stuff. A little bit more of a technical businessy discussion than we usually have on the podcast but i think a good one for people to hear nonetheless and uh, hopefully inspire some stores to reach out and chat to you guys awesome well thank you so much for having us